Hello, good day. Hi, doggy. This is How to Be Unpopular podcast number... I think it's 182. Um, I just got back from a inline skating session. Hey, hey, don't fuck with that. What are you doing? I just got back from an inline skating session on my Bont skates, my speed skates. Um, I'm trying to master the double push. If you don't know what it is, look it up. Maybe I'll do a tutorial once I feel like I mastered it. The, the double push is like where on the inward part of your stride, actually it's really hard to explain. If you look up the double push on YouTube, you'll figure it out. Um, I've been starting to exercise a lot more now that the winter funk is gone. And uh, I've been experimenting with, hey, Lucy, Luce, if you're going to be down in here, don't fuck with shit. I can see you, and I can hear your teeth wanting to get into things. What is that? Can you lie down or sit or just hang out or something like that, please? Thank you. So, uh, so, 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 so. Can you sit or just relax, please? So I've been uh, using my, my speed skates more, my Bond boots. Okay, am I gonna have to pause this? We'll get into a flow eventually. <clears throat> so I've been using my Bond skates, um, my Bond racing boots with the three-point mount. They're really interesting because they have a mount in the middle of the boot, which makes them feel a lot more solid. And uh, I got, I was skating just like K2 stock wheels on them this year. And um, I, before using stock wheels, I found a brand that I liked, probably poured by the same people who pour the undercover wheels. They were called Tarmac T2. Um, and they felt, they felt a lot like the undercover power blading wheels especially, you know, a little bit harder, slower wear, and because the, the, the place that I skate, the place that I've always skated, you know, 80 or 90% of the time on my racing skates is like a, it's like a four kilometer there and back. It's this prison road that I've talked about. There's like a, it's like a frontage road beside a highway and the pavement's really shitty. So it's not very good to use with soft wheels. Um, and the first time I ever skated it, I was on aggressives with like hard 56 millimeter wheels on rims. I, I think I've told that story, but um, what, a, what a dumbass. Um, and I think maybe I tried to skate it with, uh, with a pair of like K2 urban skates that I had. They were called the Soul 7s, so they had eight... Uh, 72 or 80 millimeter wheels, maybe 76, I don't know. And even then, like, it felt like a struggle because you could see it's just a long road. There's, like, some residential that I start on with, like, curvy sidewalks and everything, slight upslope, and then a short bike path that leads into just this really rough road that goes for about two kilometers, and then there's a dip in the road, and then it comes back up again. And uh, it's, it's, like... Two kilometers one way and two kilometers back, I think. I'm pretty sure I have to measure it. Um, 
if you want exact measurements, I can, I can give that to you. But um, it didn't work well with aggressives when I first started, and then it didn't really work well with regular fitness skates. And that's when I realized, you know, there's this long road ahead of me, and I'm trying to skate really hard, and I'm not getting any glide off my skates. And that's when I first got like a pair of uh, K2 Radical 100 or something like that. There's like three different types of Radical now, but this was like the low end Radical skate with like 100 millimeter wheels. Um, Lucy, it's not the time to play. If you can lie down with that. If you can just lie down. Hey, don't, don't. I got a pair of K2 Radical 100s that was around 2006. Um, I started skating that road because I was injured. Lucy, honestly, am I going to have to lock you out? Might have to lock you out. Um, take a sip of coffee here. I haven't been drinking much coffee at all lately. Uh, don't fuck with this wire, please. You can wreck the whole setup if you run past here with the wire. Um, I think, yeah, I told that story, I can't remember what podcast it would have been, but when I had an ankle injury and I was out for three months to get back into it, that's how I kind of got into wreck skating or fitness skating or speed skating. And that's why I would have used my REMS and why I would have tried to use a pair of like urban skates just to kind of, I couldn't, I, I couldn't do tricks and I couldn't put much pressure on it, but I remember just the basic motion of skating. Um, I was able to do that and, that and that's what led to me getting K2 Radical 100s or whatever they're called. And I remember it was a, definitely a change, changed my life and it changed the way I looked at skating. Um, I, cause we spent really long time, two years, um, filming for better than baseball. I got injured in the middle of it. I remember Mason and Todd really wanted to make, uh, a video out of what we had filmed so far. And I just had this feeling that we didn't have what I thought we should have. And, uh, I was personally really out of shape and I was going through kind of a tough period with skating um, that's hard to explain. That's a whole other story in itself. But I got these skates and yeah, they changed my life because I started skating that road sometimes up to every day of the week, seven, seven days a week. Um, I would work at six at night at the movie theater. So I would have, you know, I could get up in the morning and do it or I could do it just before work. Um, and I got hooked on it. Like I got hooked on the feeling of skating really hard for a short period of time um, and skating up hills. There's something about skating up. It's not like a steep hill. Um, there's a shot of it in, uh, there's a shot of it in Better Than Baseball of that hill. It's like a silhouette of, oh, it's like where this final shot is. The final shot of Better Than Baseball, when I got Todd to cheesily like skate across with the sunset in the background, obviously so forced, but it's a good shot. Could be done way better now, but um, that's the road actually. And there's a few shots of that, a few different things that we shot on that road around that time. 
Um, and it, I mean, need to severely redo it because it doesn't even really translate why someone would be skating on that road with aggressive skates. It would make more sense to film someone on speed skates or like a 90 millimeter setup skating that road. Anyways, <clears throat> so I started skating it a lot. And, and I remember my, so because the skate was so low cut and because I was skating REMS at the time, my ankles still to this day, like my, that muscle just on my, where my shin is and the muscles all around my ankle and my calf muscles and of course my quad muscles and the, and the strength of my knees, like my, my legs just got a lot stronger and a lot of what changed my skating can be, I can thank skating that road and those skates because I would put my, I would put my REMS back on at the skate park and, and because I, I don't like too much ankle support, I like being able to kind of like, really hard to explain, but I like to use my, control my skates through the footbed rather than the cuff, if that makes any sense. It's really hard to explain, but if you can think of really, really tight on the incep strap, like really, really tight laces against the top of your foot and around the toe, and then support, support still around the top, but, um, but not too much, if that makes any sense. Is someone here? You can go check if you want. There we go. So if that makes any sense, that's why I would put on my REMS and, and I would have all these, I would be working all these muscles from skating a low cut skate. And I, I always, I'm so shitty at first, after a winter of sitting in an office chair and having really tight hips, because we naturally have super tight hips from skating and sway back, which is its own thing. I'll let Lucy have her moment. One more bark. How about it? There we go. Loose. Oh, man. Come here. Oh, I'll just let her have her moment. So, back to it. Um, yeah, anyways, the last two months or a month and a half, I've been going really hard on uh, getting into shape again because this winter was fucking awful. So I just started one day by, oh man, Lucy, you're killing me. Lucy, come here. Come here. <laughs> Back, move to a different spot where hopefully Lucy can chill out. If this was a visual, you'd, be, you'd see that when I said chill out, I stared Lucy down. We're in a more relaxed area where the dog doesn't get as excited, but... And now, as you can tell audibly, I'm in a larger room with more bounce. Um, so it's going to sound different. Uh, so I've been experimenting with running in the morning, which I'd, I never really did. 
because that was the first thing that I tried. I tried running um, when I had that ankle injury. Yeah, in 2006 or five or something like that. And I remember I hated running. I hated running a lot. I didn't know that you were supposed to start really slow where you just like walk and run a little bit. And I tried to run, I think even just two kilometers and I felt like my throat was bleeding and that I was gonna die because um, my cardio was so bad. And that's when I figured skating would be lower impact and uh, that's what made me decide to to try my REMS and then those K2 urban skates was that running wasn't that fun. But I decided to come back to it. I've also done, experimented lots with in the past few years with riding a bike, which I really like because of accessibility and ease of, for you know the terrain that you can ride on. There's lots of places that you could never go with skates, obviously, with a bike, which I, th which I think is why bikes are still and will be the most popular mode of transportation that's not a car. That's just amazing, it's very versatile. But still, there's something about skating full speed, or not, just being on skates, that, that gliding motion and that they're attached to your feet that you can't get with a bike. Um, so starting to run again, I decided to do it the smart way where I do, sorry for the swallow, no. got to, a walk-run combination. And so uh, I started running uh, these trails like by our house, Kenna Cartwright Park. I started running up hills in the morning. And at first, you'll, you'll beat the shit out of yourself. I, <clears throat> I was so mad at myself for how out of shape I was, especially the first few times. Like I could only run up a hill for a tiny little bit and it and my lungs, like it just felt like one of my lungs was dead from maybe taking a puff of a cigarette a few times here and there over the winter time. And then I was hard on myself for that. And then slowly but surely as the as the days went on, I got in better shape, slowly. And I still can't like run a full, up a bunch of hills, like trail running up a bunch of hills. I still take, I do walk, run, walk, run. But um, if you keep at it for like, this is probably so boring, but I gotta get through this to get to my next point. If you keep at it, y y you'll notice really small changes and although you feel so dorky and stupid and out of shape at first, you just gotta pass through that first week or so and then get it as a routine. They say, I don't know who said, but that thing in my, when I was trying to learn to thread projectors at the movie theater, which I hated doing because there was a lot of pressure and so many steps and it was like film that could fuck up and alarms could go off. For me, it was too high stress. I like dealing with people, it's a little bit easier. Although they can stress me out too. The guy that was training me said, you need to do something 27 times for it to become habit. I don't know if there's science behind that, but the way that I looked at uh, exercising before work 
was that I had to do it 27 times and then it becomes habit or close to and it actually worked where Monday to Friday I get up either at 6 a.m. or 6.30 a.m. pretty much every day. I don't know if I've missed one yet and it sucks at first but the benefits that you get especially if you work a nine to five and you're you need to be on your game uh, like for my work sometimes there's lots of having to interview people and lots of things that you have to remember if you're just the only person on a shoot and also just that general crash that you can get if you're tired in the morning going to work and then you eat lunch and then the last like from one o'clock until five feels like it goes on forever. I find that exercising before work you get more energy for the day and you're properly tired at the right time when you go to bed. Oh, with a side note, I haven't been drinking coffee much lately and yesterday, I, I just for fun, I tried a triple espresso on ice and it was like a bad trip. It was a really bad trip. I was paranoid. Um, I was overthinking things. It wasn't good. As a, as a ultra sensitive person, one cup is good. I'll go through phases where I, where I do not a lot or just go hard on the caffeine, which is why I post the fuck out of things on Facebook. It's always first thing in the morning when I'm caffeinated and exercised. Um, so, oh yeah, running. So after doing like a little bit of running, I figured it was time to start skating. The, the trails that I run and the prison road that I skate, it's pretty much the same area. It's like my own personal trainer in my own gym and it's free. Apart from, no, it's free. It's all free. I don't have to pay anything to use this. Apart from the danger of cars when I skate. Um, but I felt like I was in good enough shape from doing the work. <coughs> Lucy. Just an ear piercing bark. Lucy. Why do I have two pins? Um, I felt like I was in good enough shape to start skating again, so I grabbed my Bont boots and I put the stinky ass yellow super feet that I've been using in my wizard setup which is the Seba with the Intuition Liner and the Rockford Frames, and I'm loving the deluxe wheels, but I'm gonna talk about wheels later, anyway. Um, so I slipped the yellow, stinky-ass yellow Superfeet in them, and I had, cause you can't buy those Tarmac T2 wheels anymore. I used to buy them from Adam's Inline. They were recommended for specifically shittier pavement, which is what I'm skating on. That's the one thing about this road, it's a really good spot because there's not a lot of cars or people on it since it's a frontage road beside a highway, but the pavement's really bad. So I've tried different wheels and I can't buy the Tarmac T2 ones anymore. So I was on K2 stock, just the stock wheels that come with their 100 millimeter skates. And uh, I just, I noticed a significant difference that I was skating stock wheels. Uh, they were, it felt like I had to work way harder to get speed and to, the glide didn't hold for very long. 
the wheels were really soft and, and I was thinking about it. It's like, why would I be skating stock wheels on these skates if I never skate stock wheels and other skates? Stock wheels are most of the time terrible. I remember I posted on Facebook, like, can you name a stock wheel on a skate that was good? And uh, it seemed like unanimously Solomon had the best stock wheels. Um, the Matt Andrews, which some people have said were really bad and some people said were really good. The Matt Andrews that came with the like khaki, or no, the, the white Solomons, I can't remember. There was those medium Matt Andrews wheels. And then there was like the hyper wheels that came with the blue Solomons. Um, remember that popped up a lot. There may have been some others, but like especially recently, um, stock wheels, almost universally, no matter what skate, are not that good. They're usually really soft, they feel a little bit cheaper, and if you pay the extra money to get better wheels, it, it'll change your life. It's like if you were jerking off with just your hand and you didn't even have lotion or anything, um, and then all of a sudden you got like, you got lube like, like uh, like that silky KY stuff, that's the difference. I'll try and think of one that's not as weird. Um, it's like, hmm, no, that's the best example I, I could say. One just feels better and you can't go back. And once you try and go back, you are missing a product that's, that's changed your life. It's for all skates too. It's rec skates and, and speed skates and especially aggressive skates. Sometimes there's stock wheels that I, tell my, I think to myself like, are these made out of bubble gum? Because it feels like they're, the wheels are just slowing me down, especially on crappier pavement. And this is something that is a huge problem on I think not only why people don't want to skate or but also why people don't use their skates as much. Skates are not, uh, like most skates and most skates people bought, they didn't have good wheels, they didn't fit their foot very well. They're just, for a lot of people, rollerblades aren't fun to use. You have to like, you have to lock them onto your feet and there's not a lot of proper skating areas, especially in Kamloops. There is one place like, Schubert Drive, there's this long path where we filmed uh, Leon's like, at the very end of Leon's big wheel section, he like goes between this, are you being obnoxious again? Can you relax? Leon goes between like this rail, he just like maneuvers through this rail from this path. He like rolls up onto the path and then maneuvers through these rails and it's, it's like really dark outside and I'm skating with the camera in front of him. That's Schubert, and that's probably one of the most rollerblade friendly. Okay, just gotta pause here. This is the second interruption from Lucy, who apparently is attention starved even though she went for a hike, and what's your problem? Okay, one sec. Um, yeah, Schubert is one of the few places in Kamloops that has it kind of like there's the two lanes, you know, with the line. Maybe it's not even two lanes. It's a wide enough path where people can go both ways, which is really important. 
So traffic flow is important. The pavement's pretty good. Um, not many cracks, it's pretty smooth. And that's probably where most people would use skates in Kamloops. There's MacArthur Island, so that's where the super park is. Um, but even then, you have to be a little bit more of an experienced skater because there's some uh, parts where you have to go off of a dip of a curve and turn on really crappy pavement to do the, the full circle. And that's such a big thing is that you look at other activities like, okay, we're gonna go play tennis. Let's go to a perfectly designed tennis court. Oh, this is killing me. This is killing me. Dog's being a huge buzzkill right now. I was talking about something really good too. <laughs> You just have to get to a minor with paw sounds happening. She'll pass out eventually. She's, she's tired, she just doesn't know it. See, it's like, let's go play tennis. You go to a perfect tennis court that's designed for the activity. Let's go play road hockey. There's road hockey areas. Holy fuck, this is just <laughs> We're gonna have to lock her in a room. Okay, Lucy and I had a talk and she's agreed to try and be more relaxed, but um, in the past that doesn't mean anything. It's a bunch of lies. Classic woman. Yeah, so, you know, road hockey has a road hockey facility. Basketball, basketball facility. Uh, skiing, let's go to a mountain that's designed to use skis and snowboards. Uh, the list goes on and on. Mountain biking. Oh shit, there's mountain biking trails that are designed for mountain biking. It's not like there's any place that... <laughs> and it's weird because so many activities have places designed to use the equipment at. And it, it's weird that there isn't like a, <clears throat> I guess a road hockey court or a basketball no like a, yeah like a road road hockey court might be the closest thing because you know it gets flooded in the winter and people ice skate but it is funny that when it goes to summertime it's not designated it's not like called a rollerblading facility or a roller rink you know and roller skating had a huge boom in in the 70s and 80s when roller rinks were were super popular and it it's weird that um, the idea of like a facility or a place or a trail like actual trails being called rollerblade trails that would have like two lanes and, and which, okay, Vancouver is definitely rollerblade friendly. There's like a, there's a rollerblade sign on the path, which is amazing. We sampled for, or I filmed for Mushroom Blading 1, someone put like, a picture of someone fucking, like a stick man fucking the rollerblader in the ass. That's how, Vancouver is ridiculous. I remember like, obviously there's lots of like the health and fitness side of Vancouver and lots of people still use skates, but like the hip artist, skateboarder, cultural, uh, beard, coffee, I don't even know how to explain it, tattoo, 
cool like scene metal dude tribe it's hard to explain you'd have to go to vancouver there's this uber coolness to it it's an awesome city but there's this uber coolness that you would just there's this face that you would get sometimes when you go out skating i remember there was like a landscaping company by the seawall and uh it was all these like hipster dudes and i was i was like jamming by on my speed skates on, on the bike and rollerblade path. It is actual rollerblade path. And he like, he did that joking thing because the truck was really close to the path to all of his buddies where it looked like he was going to open the door and fuck me up. And they all started laughing. And I was so mad that day. Makes me so mad that there's, <laughs> that there's something that, like I get the joke. It is really funny. And you know, you do something to impress your friends and make them laugh. But I mean, if I was on a longboard, he wouldn't do the joke. If I was on a bike, he wouldn't do the joke. It was because I was a freak dude on rollerblades. It, it makes sense. Rollerblades are a very alien thing. Um, and, <laughs> and, you know, you could see it in other places where someone would spray paint a stick man fucking the rollerblader sign in the ass. But in Vancouver, it makes more sense. You might understand why sometime if you go there. It's, it's equal parts good and bad. For all of like, for the small percentage of people that would, would draw a stick man, fucking a rollerblader sign in the ass or making the joke of like, I'm gonna hit you with my car door violently in front of my friends because you're wearing rollerblades. Um, there's a lot of people who use rollerblades and who are genuinely stoked to to rollerblade or to see people rollerblading so it's hard it's just i guess what do you want to choose to focus on this is important to note that there's people that, that really don't like rollerblading which i understand it's alien it's awkward there's no designated facility for it one thing that i've been thinking about is it it a lot of skates, what I was talking about before, like there's a lot of skates that aren't supportive and they're slow. Rollerblades like are designed to make people look awkward and feel awkward. And that's where the alien thing comes in. They're really hard. The thing that I always say, they're the people who are good at it make it look easy and it looks easy but it's really hard to make look good and it's really easy to make look bad. And I can't think of many other things. Like even a five-year-old kid, when he rides his bike, he looks really cool. Put him on a pair of rollerblades. It just doesn't look, you know, it, it takes someone really skilled on skates to make it look good. Um, and it, that could be the innie and outie theory that Rollerblading, the actual, the actual movement of skating is, is an Audi movement and it's very expressive. And I can see why when that GoPro video, like Red Bull crushed ice where it's guys in hockey equipment, they're obviously not holding a hockey stick, but they have this hunched over stance with these gloves and and hockey equipment that it kind of distracts from the fact that and more of an any position it's almost like
they're in a soyel position, if that makes any sense. Whereas people on a, on a path are doing more like of like a mitsu or a front side. Like if you think about it, it's like, I'm here. That's it. There's a, there's something about front sides and mizus that are like, look at me. And I can see aesthetically why that doesn't fit into people's world. But I mean, we should be getting away from that. Um, but yeah, bike position, skateboard positions are any positions and, and s s skating full speed is a, is a Audi and expressive position, you know? That's why also skating backwards, there's people who aren't, you'll be at a skate park and there's people who really like backwards skating, like backwards skating in the bowl or just cruising around the whole park backwards. That's almost like an any position. Anyway, I digress. I digress. Lucy's been really good. Thank you, Lucy. The talk that we had seemed to be good. I wonder if when I say talk, people thought that I like turned off the microphone and just beat my dog. <laughs> um, so talking, bringing it back to stock wheels, I got, um, don't tell my future wife, but I ordered rollerblade hydrogen wheels from Inline Warehouse. Apparently ShopTask had them, but they weren't on the site yet. I would have got them from ShopTask. I got the 100 millimeter rollerblade hydrogen wheels because I had heard from like a few different sources that they're really fast. Um, and I trusted the sources. One, they, they got first place in skate cross. That's pretty good. Rob G, trust him. Tom Heiser, I trust him. So not only did they have a first place in skate cross at the powwow, but two wizards uh, said that they're really fast. So I had to find out for myself, ordered them from Inline Warehouse, popped them on my skates. They even just like, they looked dangerous. I posted a picture of them on Instagram and on those Bont boots, it just looked like I was gonna go uncontrollably fast in them. And I gotta say my first, uh, yesterday morning I used them on that prison road and it was like, made such a difference. At first, I was, I thought that, you know, you'll go, you'll go one way on, you'll go two kilometers one way and two kilometers the other way. Some days it'll be really fast and you'll realize it's, that's the way the wind's going and then it's really shitty to skate back because of the wind. Um, and, and skating there, I was like, they can't be this much faster. It, it has to be that there's wind. And then I turned, like I turned around at the end of the road and went the other way. And they were just as fast as they were on the way there. They were amazing. Um, the wear so far is really good too. Because even after, like in a pair of stock, or a set of stock 100 millimeter wheels on that road, because it's such bad pavement, like really rough pavement, um, on the, when you're striding full speed up a hill, the, especially the front of the wheel wears really quick. Maybe even after two sessions, it starts getting like a light conage on it. And the wear is really impressive. I had a session yesterday in them and a session today in them. And they're really, really fast and grippy and uh, just really quality. They're, they're um, I don't know if they're poured 
by the same people who do the undercover power blade wheels, but I know um, they're both poured in the USA. I don't know a lot about wheel manufacturers. I know there's only a couple, maybe a few places that that pour in the United States, so I don't know where these are poured, but I can't say until I've tried them a few more times if they feel a lot like the undercover urethane, but I know that they are really, really fast. I can, and the wear so far, just after two sessions is impressive, but I need, I mean, I need to have more sessions in them. I'm hoping uh, that I can eventually get some for my tricks, so I want to get them in 90 millimeter, and I want to get them in 80 millimeter to try with my wizard setup. Uh, just to compare them to the deluxe wheels, because I think I found my favorite 80 millimeter wheel. But I'm open. I'm open to the rollerblade hydrogen wheel being my go-to wheel for my my Seba setup. Because I've tried, um, I've tried. I really like the Street Invaders. They kind of remind me of. Uh, of like a big aggressive wheel, like a big soft aggressive wheel because they have that fat profile. And there's specific things that I can do in that fat profile. Um, and the undercovers are the fastest out of the bunch. I think a little bit faster than the Seba Deluxe, but I'd have to go back. But the Deluxe wheels, something about the way that core is, the way the bearing is really solid in that big core, and somehow, I don't even know how this works, they're a really good combination of s wheel slide, like, because I can grind in them easier than the other 80 millimeter wheels, but at the same time, they have grip, really trustworthy grip. It's confusing, but um, we're really hoping, I don't know if this will ever happen, but we're really hoping to make one day uh, Seba Deluxe wheels in 80 millimeter with a black core and like that face uh, colored urethane. I don't know if that'll ever happen, but that's personally what I would love to have on my Sebas. Um, so, so far, really, really impressed with the hydrogen wheels. You know, I'm dorky enough to order the shit that I really want to try. And I don't think that'll ever go away. But seriously, just to just to reiterate, if that's the right word, a point, it, um, don't use stock wheels. Like life is too short to not invest extra money in better wheels. Um, stock wheels are so bad most of the time. They're usable, but once you try something better it makes such a difference like and and you'll feel like you're wrecking your skate day if if you're if you have no if you've tried good wheels and you have to go back to stock wheels and you go out skating skating's not going to be as fun guarantee it you'll you'll be like this is such a waste of a day that i have to skate stock wheels if it's post apocalyptic world and that's all you can get for sure skate the stock wheels. Even then, you'll be like, man, we gotta find, we gotta get to a place where I can find better wheels. But that's my next point. Um, 
having setups that you look forward to using, you know, setups that are comfortable and fast and they fit well and they perform well, you want to, you want to use your skates more rather than like, um, I remember I've had some pairs of skates where like, yeah, I really want to go skating, but my feet are going to hurt after I go skating. Um, that's ne that's never fun. It's not fun. Um, just one more point on running and jogging. If if rollerblading had more accessible uh, facilities and paths that that were safe and simple and smooth pavement, and people knew that lots of other people were skating, because that's another thing. It's like you're still more in Vancouver you see more people skating but in Kamloops it's like you see you definitely see people rollerblading but it's like if more people were skating in a certain area because it was it was known that it was safe and good pavement and they could be a beginner and still enjoy themselves that's a big thing with activities it's you want to know that um, you want to know that other people are doing it other people are safe and that man I'm turning into such a dad or an adult but <laughs> this is stuff that I think of when I go skating, more people are going to do it if there's an area where they know there's other beginners and because they'll tell other people like, oh yeah, um, you know, I had never tried skating, but I went to this one spot and there's lots of people who are trying it and then there's lots of space and the pavement is smooth and um, it's weird how ice skating is very accepted as you go to the rink or you go to a pond or whatever and it's like a winter activity right you get hot chocolate and you go with the family and people go ice skating it's just known to be an activity but rollerblading is just this in this weird zone where it's it's not like yeah let's go to the rollerblading facility or the rollerblading rink we don't really have that so and lots of people got fucked up <laughs> in the 90s lots of people did and lots of people try and bring their skates out that are 10 years old in their garage and their ankles are turning inward, their bearings barely roll and their wheels are either so coned up or they haven't been rotated um, that they're like, man, no wonder these were in the garage for so long. There's a reason why you go to thrift stores. Like you could go to any thrift store anywhere in the world. There'll probably be a pair of skates. I could go to every thrift store in Kamloops today, and there would be rollerblades, shitty old pairs of rollerblades um, that it, the technology just fell by the wayside. And it was a, it was a one-time purchase for lots of people that you can see they use their skates for sure. Oh God, it itched my balls. Oh. You can see that they use them. You can see at thrift stores that people got a lot of use of them, but there was just something that didn't didn't click or transition and imagine trying skates for the first time and you have to like hop off a curb or or you have to um, go down a curb cut into really rough pavement and then up a curb cut again and around a corner to get back on the skating path like there's really simple things that obviously we can do because we've been skating for a long time but that are super scary and super dangerous for lots of people I would love to teach skating locally, but I just haven't, uh, I 
haven't figured out how I would want to do it, and plus I gotta get certified. Uh, hopefully Sean Unwin can certify me. But I would love to do a city program where you teach people um, how to skate, where the good places to skate are in the community, and you teach them about what the good skates are, all that stuff. It's like, education is so huge. And I think rollerblading, like, uh, me personally, I've been really bad at that. And now with um, the World Wide Web, it's really easy to uh, answer questions about stuff. And I think, I think more than making videos selfishly, like as the years go on, I think that I would be more interested in like educating people about skating and like using my experience to get people to not be afraid to try skating, you know? Because that's like, fear is probably one of the biggest things that are um, holding people back from trying skating. They either got fucked up in the 90s or they don't know what skates to get or they don't know where to do it or they don't want to look like a dork their first time. There's lots of things involved. I mean, a bike, you just hop on a bike and you put your helmet on and it, it's, it's so easy. Like, think of there's a phrase. It's just like riding a bike. It <laughs> it's not like you can say, it's just like rollerblading. Because instantly, if you say that, you see someone fully padded up, super awkward, bambying the fuck out of their uh, movements, their knees turning inward, you know? Um, that's another point, is that Today when I was skating, I skated downtown kind of like by the river. There was a path. And I used my 100 millimeter wheels or, you know, like my 100 millimeter setup. And there's a, the idea of like having space on the path is really important because there's so many obstacles. I remember this in Vancouver, you have to kind of like anticipate where a person's gonna move, whether it's a person with a dog on a leash or there's a group of people like taking up the whole path because a lot of the times, if it's a good bike path, it has a lane, like it's split into two and there's traffic patterns. And even in some places there's like, this is the walking side of the path and this is the bike side of the path. And you can, you can pass people like a car if there's nobody coming in the other lane like the, or if someone has their dog on a longer leash, you have to actually like slow down. And uh, sometimes like your skates are so quiet, there's people that don't know that you're coming. So you, you either have to like make a sound with a T-stop or slow right down and slowly go past them. Cause I've scared people a lot of the times whipping past and people uh, don't, they don't like when you whip past them on skates. Um, so that's like, that's a whole other thing. There's obstacles and, and that idea of fear, like uh, fear of trying to navigate everything from, if there's a puddle to a little crack or you have to hop off a curb or someone has a dog on a leash or there's seven older ladies taking up the whole path, walking really slow and they can't hear that you're coming. Um, or if there's two people having a conversation on bikes but you're going, but you're going faster than them. You can't like split them down the middle. It's probably more dangerous if like if someone was to swerve. See all this stuff. 
see all of this? It's not like, like I said, let's go play tennis. Okay, I'm gonna, let's get some tennis rackets and hit a ball over a net. Easy. Let's go, like, let's go play baseball. Let's, uh, uh, let's go skiing. Let's go to this, the mountain and ski. Let's, uh, let's hit the, let's go dirt jumping at the BMX track. Let's go rollerblading. Rollerblading? Rollerblading? Like rollerblading? Really? Where would we even, where would you, rollerblading? I haven't thought of rollerblading in a long time. Where, can you still get rollerblades? Do people still rollerblade? I thought rollerblading was over. I thought, it's weird, I don't see people rollerblading anymore, really. It's weird, I haven't thought of rollerblading because apparently you could probably get in really good shape if you rollerblade. Do I even still have rollerblades? That hopefully that makes some sense. These are all things that we're just so shocked with the, no, actually we're not shocked, we're just used to, there's an air around rollerblading that is, it's probably one of the most, it's the strangest activity to be involved in, which is, makes it that much more exciting. Unicycling. I'd love to get a unicycler on the podcast. Um, I've been wanting to make, I've been wanting to film a lot and make lots of stuff. And unfortunately, uh, it's hard with nine to five. And then there's like, there's stuff that you have to do on the weekends. And with a bit of spare time, you have to make do. I mean, if I had one or two extra days a week, there would be new shit coming out all the time. I guess it makes it more, it makes it special that um, you can only make stuff once in a while, but I mean, I have this urge because I'm 32 and I'm feeling really good um, health-wise that I just wish I could be working on all different kinds of sections and videos right now, but I'm trying to figure out how I can make that happen. Um, there's just so much I still want to do with skating. I would love to travel with it and film for things. And I'm hoping that happens uh, in the next few years. I'm trying to be patient with it. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to let myself know that you have a lot of time to work on stuff, even though I'm, I get, I get ahead of myself right now. Like I constantly want to be working on stuff and filming for stuff. And I only get to use five, 10% of, probably for like 5% of my time towards skating stuff, probably even less. And as I've gotten older, I've gotten better at like, it's really important to maximize that time. If you were only out for like, two or three hours a week to film skating, or two or three hours every two weeks or three weeks to film skating, it's like you have to be <laughs> so dorkily prepared to, dorkily, I like that, so dorkily prepared to try and get all of your ideas that you want 
out. Um, so if anybody knows how I can not work for an extra day or two and put out more skating stuff, if someone wants to pay me to do that, um, yeah, hit me up. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm on uh, mushroomblading.com. You can email me through that. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, joymc underscore hotmail.com. Uh, you know, get your agent. You can get a hold of my agent and uh, we can talk business. We can make it happen. One more thing about running. Oh, I got on that tangent. It's not that fun. Uh, after a certain amount of time, it, it is fun if you get in the zone. But <laughs> you see people sometimes out running, and it looks like the way that they're running is doing way more harm to their body than good. Like uh, they're they're just slamming their heels down, and it looks like their knees are turning inward, and uh, it looks like the running is breaking their body. Like you see some older people or people just going way too hard and not just understanding that they should be going slow into exercise. You see people with amazing running form where it looks really, really light footed and that you could run a long distance. But then there's some people where it's like, whoa, 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 just go for a fast walk, maybe do a light jog, but you're breaking yourself right now. And I think if if there were more structures in place where there were places to use rollerblades and people knew where to get good rollerblades or the right type of skate for them and they were confident on them, it's so much more lower impact than running and that's what I really like about it. I mean, you, I could even feel while I was doing walking with short runs, I could feel that shin splint feeling, I could feel that if you were running on your heel rather than your forefoot, that there's just shock waves up your body and that you do get into a flow eventually but it's not like skating where it's like it's so low impact it's not like if you're skating on a path you're still working out you're getting an amazing workout um, what's that original <laughs> definition uh, a great exercise that tones the hips and thighs that can be done in groups. <laughs> I mean, it's like a futuristic uh, form of running or like that <laughs> rollerblading is the gay version of walking. <laughs> I laughed so hard when I saw that. Or it could be the gay version of running. Um, the technology is still so primitive, so I can understand there's so many questions and com so much confusion around rollerblading where so that makes more sense that why it's not as big I mean when Jacob said that one thing on the podcast about once you start uh, going down the hill down a hill on rollerblades you've you've uh, maximized the limitations or you've surpassed the limitations of the hardware like they're not meant to go downhill speed control on skates is so hard it's, they're dangerous. Rollerblades are dangerous. I swear, that's the one thing. The million, billions of dollars, maybe even, if someone makes a skate 
that's fast and easy to use and you can control speed down hills and it's like simple to do maintenance on and all that, that's the game changer in my opinion. Um, I think I have one, I have one more thing. Uh, skating, it was weird, the other day, um, this dude that I know was doing landscaping by my place and, and he was like, I saw you, I saw you rollerblading over uh, the bridge the other day and I was like, oh yeah? And I was like, I'm, I'm one of the few people who do it in this town, I'm one of the few people who still do it and He's like, no, actually, uh, I tried to, you know, make light of it. Try and use humor to make light of it as a defense mechanism if, if I have to get into the whole rollerblading thing. Because he was like, he's a hardcore skateboarder. He has like punk rock tattooed on his knuckles, I think. <laughs> so I don't think you'd catch him skating. So I tried to like I make light of it. And, uh, and he was like, no, actually, I... I went for a bike ride the other day and my friend was up from Toronto and she was using skates and it was so weird to hear that and uh, and he said uh, whatever happened to people doing like tricks and stuff on it and I was like people still do it it's just you really don't see it and he kind of had this uh, this like he said something like, yeah, no wonder you don't see that anymore. It's like, why don't you get a skateboard? Or it's weird that people try to do tricks on it. And, it, and I, I've been thinking more and more about the idea that like, yeah, we call them tricks on skates, but rollerblades are more about movement than tricks. A lot of the best skaters, for me, they're do, like you look at Frankie, He's like a movement artist. The way that he moves, it doesn't really seem like a trick so much as it does like a like a smooth movement. Like you wouldn't call uh they don't call it tricks in dance or figure skating or yoga. They don't say tricks. It's called like there's there's poses and there's maybe no I don't think it's called tricks in figure skating. It's not called tricks in gymnastics. It's not like it's not like a gymnast goes I learned a new trick or a yoga person goes I learned a new trick. It's like moves. <laughs> like I learned a new move. And skateboarding definitely is more trick based and BMX, yeah, it seems more trick-based. I'm sure there's like a tail whip. That's a trick. Jumping, jumping up in the air and grabbing your boots <laughs> is a, that's more of like a move. Like, look at my cool move. And uh, yeah, that was my last point. Is a, it's weird. Through his eyes, he, when he thinks of rollerbladers, because he was like, it was weird. He was totally like, this was a hardcore punk rocker, skateboarder dude. He was totally accepting of rollerblading as an activity that, as movement and exercise. Like, 
there was nothing wrong with using rollerblades to skate, to, 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 yeah, for like a fitness exercise device. But I think the way that, the way that a lot of us see rollerblading, we call it tricks, but it's more like we know moves, like we know the different moves, we know the movements. And, and I think through his eyes, it is kind of funny to think of like, we call it, we think that we're doing tricks on skates, but to someone who's like a skateboarder, a trick is like a kickflip. That's very much, that's like a trick more than it is a movement. Um, so anyways, that's just an idea that I had, that when, when someone who thinks of tricks sees a rollerblader doing, it's almost like we think we're doing tricks, but we're not. We're doing moves. Anyways, that's that. See you on episode number 183, I think. Something like that.